Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Virginia and I are excited to be together talking about children's ministry again today. (laughs) And we have a topic for you that is hopefully going to be helpful, but is definitely difficult. And that's exactly what we want to talk about are difficult conversations, those conversations that we have in ministry that everybody has to have, that we all have to be prepared for, that come up regularly in your work in the church. It just is something that's going to happen. And we just thought that we would just talk for a few minutes about how we handle these difficult situations and things that we can do to try to make these conversations happen a little smoother. (laughs) Yes, because no one likes difficult conversations, but You know, there are certain um, ways that we can approach it and certain just ways that we can prepare ourselves to make it go hopefully a little smoother. So, yeah, 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 for sure. And and when we're talking about difficult situations, we were kind of thinking through some of the the ones that we have had in the past that we have had to deal with over the years. And it's things like when you have maybe a volunteer in the children's ministry that is just not a good fit. And so you need um, to let them go. And so you need to have that conversation. It might be a, a teacher that's causing an issue that if this is the beginning of it and you need to have that conversation to let them know about what's happening and to see if you can help them improve so that they can stay a volunteer. Um, we talked about um, what happens when there are issues with parents, you know, late pickup when children are not being picked up on time or discipline issues within the classroom and you have to have those conversations. Um, We were thinking about really just people who are annoyed with us over things. (laughs) They don't like a particular event or they don't like a particular Particular policy. policy. Safety and security policies Mm -hmm. especially fall under that Mm -hmm. category where we have people who just are really frustrated with the change that we've made or doesn't like the way that we do something. And so, you know, we have those difficult conversations. And so, you know, we have all of these kinds of things that come up on a weekly basis. And sometimes those conversations can be really quick and really easy. But most of the time, these conversations can be really, really hard. Yeah. And too, and I think just with time, and I know we'll get into each of these individual ones, but I think just with time and experience, I don't know if it's like, I I don't know if it's the process of developing a thicker skin or just kind of getting used to it too. It's sort of like just with time and experience and wisdom from, from other ministry leaders, it does get easier over time. 
Um, but yeah, really but these does. conversations are never fun and they're never just like a breeze, a walk in, a, in the park. Really not. <laughs> I can remember when I was really young, one of the very first jobs that I had during a summer was a customer service job. Oh, and gosh. so I worked with, with customer <laughs> service and I actually enjoyed the job. And it's really funny because with my personality, one would think that I would not handle it well when people were very angry and calling, but I, I don't know. There was something about it where I kind of could disassociate because I knew it wasn't my fault that the refrigerator wasn't working, you know, so yeah, I, I was yeah, able to yeah. kind of make it a little bit better, I think. But we had a, a, a person come in to do a class one time on how to deal with difficult people. And I was super excited because I thought that this person was going to teach me how to tell people off and how to, you know, really, you know, like be strong in what I believed and, and, and fight the good fight and be able to really, you know, do this confrontation thing well, because I didn't think I was very good at it. And then I found out that there are tools and ways that we can speak with people that can de-escalate a situation, mm -hmm. but yes. not be confrontational in a negative way. Right. And I, it was sort of like, I was almost disappointed at first because I was like, <laughs> oh, I wanted to learn how to be one of those people that could really, you know, um, tell somebody how I feel. But actually I was finding out that most of the things that I was doing naturally were the types of things that you do to try to help right. these situations and to be able to, to make a connection with people and to, to work on the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that it's helped me over the years. I think back to that conference often and think, <laughs> Oh, I was so glad that I did that so young because right. it really helped me to be able to find some tools that I could use when I have these situations that come up. So hopefully we can talk through some of those today and, mm -hmm. uh, and we can give you some suggestions on how you can handle some of these difficult conversations. So, well, and I liked what you said too, before we get into the different areas, I liked what you mm -hmm. said too about make a connection mm -hmm. because I sometimes in, in some of these circumstances, it can be or at least I know for me and my personality, I like to be very precise. I like to be, accurate. I mean, of course we all like to be correct, right. but I have to learn to take my focus off of like accuracy and right. precision. And sometimes mm -hmm. just listen to this person, how they feel and focus on just like what you said, the connection, the relationship, um, you know, and do that first. Like, not that we don't ever correct people and not that we don't ever, you know, make sure everything's how it should be and correct and straight and whatever. But like, sometimes we just have to, for me and people with my personality as type A people, <laughs> I have to like step back and be like, okay, you know, I've got to focus on the relationship with this person first, and then we can sort the rest of that out later. So, well, and I think that that's something that as a society in general, we're really struggling with right now is that mm. people can have very strong feelings about how right. they think something should be done or how something should be. And I will have to admit that for so many years, sometimes I looked at the world in a very black and white way. And I know that there are some things that we are going to stand on that are non-negotiable that, you know, that are, are the things that are important and that, that we you know to keep people mm -hmm. safe and, and to follow doctrine and all of these kinds of things that we, you know, need to be able to really focus on. But also one thing that I've really come to learn over the years is that even though that's my personal belief, 
that's not everyone's personal belief. And if I want people to respect my beliefs and what I'm saying, then I have to respect others and what they're saying. And so I think that a lot of times we just have to say, you know, I, I see where you're coming from because of the way you feel and, and just empathize in some ways, mm -hmm. even if that doesn't mean that's going to change your policy or it's going to change what you do, but just to have that, that opportunity just to, to kind of walk through the situation with a person mm -hmm. and not be so determined to be right that you yes. let that overshadow a relationship with a church yes. member. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, and so I think actually you really have already said the very first thing that I think is really important. <laughs> and that is that we listen, mm -hmm. you know, that absolutely. we give the person a chance to talk. And mm -hmm. that can be so hard when we mm -hmm. want to explain our point of view or we want to explain why. But mm -hmm. so many times people just want to be heard. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And it's like, I think back to that was definitely something I feel like I learned early on with a parent who expressed a concern about a, a situation with their child. And I, I think, you know, my desire, which wasn't a wrong desire, which was to try to, I think, explain, you know, okay, well, this is why this volunteer did that. Like, this was their thought process. This was how this happened. Like, that should have been secondary to making that parent feel heard and feel like they've been listened to and feel like their concern, you know, not that, what, not that I didn't take it seriously, but like just feel heard and feel listened to. And so, so yeah, so I feel like that was something that I definitely learned very early on was that it's more important to listen. Right, right. <laughs> uh, well, and that's what I really try to do because usually, yeah. usually the conversations start on a Sunday morning in the hallway, when you have a very upset person kind of coming up to you and saying, you need to listen to me right now, or you need mm -hmm. to hear this, or this mm -hmm. is something that happened. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always tried to do at the very beginning was to let them know I wanted to hear them. I wanted mm -hmm. them to understand, but we, we might need to do this at another time. You know, I would, mm -hmm. would try to explain, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of teaching. I'm in the middle of, you know, headed to a mm -hmm. class or those kind of things. And just to say, immediately say, I, you know, you let me know when would be a good time for us mm -hmm. to discuss this mm -hmm. and, and, and really make it super simple for them mm -hmm. to discuss it with you. You know, you really mm -hmm. try to open up your schedule as much as you can to have this conversation, but I really, really tried to make sure we didn't have the conversation in the heat of the moment. Out in the open, in the public in area, the like in the foyer. Right. Yes. You know, especially <laughs> yes. when you need your attention to be in other places. Right. And so I think it's really important to have that, that mindset where you're saying, I really want to listen to you because mm -hmm. what you have to say is super important to me. So I would like to be able to give you my full attention mm -hmm. for this conversation. So are you available tomorrow morning to come to the office or tomorrow after you get off work or, you know, Wednesday night before service or can I you give know, you a call this afternoon? Right. Can we talk about it on the phone? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah, find, yeah. find that time, you know, so that you can say, but be, but to be sure though, that you start off with, with letting them know, I really want to hear what you have to mm -hmm. say, what you have to say is very important to me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to have that opportunity to talk with you, but let's try not to, but it also gives them hopefully an opportunity to calm down just a yeah. little bit because you don't yeah. want to have those conversations when somebody is super heated. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. that, that never tends to go well. And, and so you, it gives them an opportunity to kind of take a deep breath. And as long as it's not an emergency situation where it's like right. somebody is going to be hurt immediately, right. Right. you know, like that kind of thing. But if it's just, if it's somebody that's wanting to critique something about the ministry or they're upset about the way a teacher handled something, or they're upset mm-hmm. about the fact that, you know, the safety and security policies have changed, you know, those kinds of things are typically mm-hmm. things that can wait, you know, that you can mm-hmm. let them know, can we just have some time before we talk about it? Because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. right now, my attention, I need to give, I want to give you my full attention. And right now, mm-hmm. I, I can't give you can't my do full that. attention. Mm-hmm. And even so, even if it's at a point where maybe you do have the time, I always try to have those conversations privately. So even if, you know, at pickup time, a parent wants to to talk and be like, Hey, let's go over here. Let's go, you know, let's step, step aside, step down this hallway, go somewhere mm-hmm. where it's not public right. um, either. So, yeah. But I do think it's very important if you've, if you've worked with this person before, if you know that the situation could be difficult, if mm-hmm. you know that they could be very angry. Oh yeah. If you, um, if you have had situations before where conversations have been misunderstood, mm-hmm. or if this person is just very difficult, you know, to have a, has a hard time understanding, yeah. then I yeah. think it's a good idea for you to have somebody with you for that conversation. Absolutely. Maybe ask for, you know, a, another mm-hmm. person to be present, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe someone else from your staff or, mm-hmm. you know, someone that could just sit in. Mm-hmm. And be a part of the conversation so that mm-hmm. you have another person that's hearing what you say. Exactly. So that that way, it, it, you know, somebody doesn't walk away misunderstanding something mm-hmm. or misspeaking mm-hmm. about something that mm-hmm. you've said. And mm-hmm. so I think it can be really important. Um, so you, you might want to think about those situations. If you think it's going to be very difficult, you might want to have that second person in the room with you. And another thing to do after some of these more difficult conversations, um, in addition to having a second person in the room, is to follow up with an email um, to write out what what was discussed, what was agreed on or what was not agreed on. Um, just kind of give a little summary of the conversation, you know, dear so-and-so, thank you so much for meeting with me today. I appreciated our conversation. We talked about A, B, and C. Um, thank you. Bye. Um, just something simple like that, um, as, as additional documentation, um, of what was said or what was agreed on in maybe some of those more difficult conversations. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a, a very wise thing to, to do. And so, well, when you're actually having the conversation, I, I always think that it's incredibly important. You know, like I said, if somebody's very upset about something, if they have initiated the conversation, I think it's really important that we listen and let them say everything they need to say, like let them finish their thoughts. Don't try to interrupt with you know, explaining things or giving your, your, your reasonings and that kind of thing at first, just let them go ahead and just get everything Mm kind of out, Mm -hmm. listen to them, repeat back to them what they've said to you as you're going through the conversation. So that my understanding that you're saying, yeah, right. So that they are are sure that you're listening, that you're taking Mm -hmm. them very seriously, that you're, you know, that you're listening very well. Um, And then at that point, then that gives you the opportunity to be able to to go forward with explaining. And and this is the deal. It always amazed me 
that usually if somebody was super upset about a policy or a procedure or something that we had that happened, once they understood the reason why we have that policy, yes, yes, it's almost like a light bulb will go off and they'll go, oh, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's, it's such a simple thing that we think is obvious, mm-hmm. you know, that, well, of course, there's a reason why we have this policy. It's, it's mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And, and that just seems so obvious to us because we're in the middle of it and, and right. we're the one, you know, we're the ones working yeah. it and we're the ones, but for so many people that don't work with children or don't work yeah. in ministry or aren't familiar with what's happening somewhere, you know, they may not understand that. And so it might be just as simple as saying, you know, I understand, you know, I agree. It's really frustrating, but let me tell you why we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes for a lot of our safety and security policies. And a lot of that is that the more we can educate our church, um, the more we can educate our volunteers, our parents and our church at large, as much as you can about the reasoning behind these policies about why we're doing what we're doing. um, That, you know, these things that we do, they are best practice um, we're not the only church in the world <laughs> that, you know, right. locks our doors and has a check-in system and all right. this other stuff. You know, I think the more people can be educated, the more you can kind of head those things off at the past, but not, you know, you're always going to get, always going to get that kind of stuff. It was funny. I was telling yeah. Valerie, it was a week or two ago. I had a senior adult express to me, you know, their, their <laughs> frustration that, um, we have sort of one, a main sort of almost breezeway that unfortunately is a main traffic area that goes through our preschool area, which is less than ideal. But anyway, that's, that's how it was built. And, um, but all, you know, all of our other doors are locked. Um, so there's one way in the building, you know, one way out, it's through that breezeway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a senior adult kind of expressed their frustration and said, you know, well, you see, you could go anywhere you wanted in the building, <laughs> you know, and I just kind of tried to try to remind just like what you're saying, remind about safety and security issues. I said, well, you know, we don't want, we want to stay safe and we want to keep our kids safe and that sort of thing. And so, you know, it's just funny. I mean, you'll get these questions. We'll get these questions from now until Jesus comes back. Oh, for <laughs> so sure. And we have for years. Just I part mean, of it. I thought, you know, yeah. uh, from when I, the, every church pretty much that I've ever attended or consulted with, that is the the biggest problem. People have a connection with their church. It becomes yeah. a second home right. and they are very comfortable there and they're very used to how everything is laid out and they're very used to how things go. And they don't think about other situations that might occur mm-hmm. that should protect the church in, in different right. ways, whether right. it's, it's, you know, I, I can't even tell you the number of conversations I have with senior adults that were very upset that doors were locked, that they mm-hmm. could not come through certain areas of the building the way they used to be able to, that they couldn't mm-hmm. cut through when it was raining or they couldn't come, you right. know, that kind of thing, you know, it, it, because that's just a very, very normal thing that's happened. I can remember at one church where we attended, it was a large church that had had several different additions to it. Right. And it had no signage whatsoever. And so Ooh. the a committee had been put together to put signs up so that you could see, find your way around. And we had just started attending that church. We had just, we had just started there. So we were not super familiar with the building. And it just so happened that an older lady walked up to me uh, in the lobby and she was just like, this is a waste of money. I do not understand why we need signs. Everybody knows where everything is in this building. We don't have to have signs. And, you know, I, I sort of looked at her and I said, you know, 
actually, we just started attending here a couple of months ago. So we're new to the church. And I am honestly on my way to a meeting right now in a building that I don't know where it's located. So, um, and she was like, you don't know where you know the D building is? And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. I sure don't. I was actually going to ask somebody which way to go because I, I haven't learned my way around yet. And she said, well, I didn't think about new people needing to know where to go. And so it just had just never occurred to occurred her. To her. And yeah. so it's, it's yeah. so many things, not just safety and security, but even just right. the most basic things for, for visitors and, and for our children and for different ministries where people just are so comfortable and so accustomed mm-hmm. to the way things have always been. And yeah. it just takes somebody kind of reminding them, oh mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you wouldn't know where that is, would you? Because you've never <laughs> been here before. And so um, it, it takes that, it, it takes that sometimes to be able to, to have those conversations. So um, now if you are actually starting the conversation yourself, like if this is a difficult conversation that you were having to have with somebody, whether it's with a parent or with a teacher or with, you know, a volunteer that that's doing something for you, and you have to have those conversations. For me, what I always like to start with are the positives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes I know that that's really hard to come up with. It's really, (laughs) really important that you start off by thanking the volunteer for everything they've done, for Mm -hmm, telling the teacher mm -hmm. what a great job they do with crafts, or to let the parent know how much you love having Tommy at the church, that Tommy is a great kid and that we love him here. And, you know, when he plays with blocks, he just does the best job with stacking. You know, you, you find Mm -hmm. those kinds of really positive things to start with. I I learned that really early when I would do teacher evaluations. When I was principal at a Christian school, I would do teacher evaluations. And I always hated it when I was the teacher, when I would be evaluated and it was just, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. Because, you know, technically on those forms, yes, you have to have three areas of improvement. You know, that's that's, that's (laughs) a state requirement. That was a state requirement. You had to have three areas of improvement. But, you know, I, it, it never hurt, I thought, just to start off with, this is something that I saw you do that was really great. It really helps because that person doesn't feel like they're on the defensive at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the conversation. You know, they don't feel like you've just jumped in and said, okay, I need to talk about how you greet your kids when they come to the door. Or I need you, you know, you, you don't have to have those like really harsh beginnings. But starting with the positives can really help just sort of soften the conversation Mm -hmm. at the very Mm -hmm. beginning. And so thinking through how you can really thank somebody and encourage them or, or even if a person comes to you with, with something like the lady came to you about the, you know, the doors being locked locked doors (laughs) to say, you know, even if you say something like, I appreciate that you feel comfortable enough to come talk to me, you know, it's just, it's finding that, start to your part of the conversation that can begin in a positive way. And then you can go into explaining, you know, this is why we have this policy. These are the things that we worry Mm -hmm. about. These are the things that concern us. Always make sure that you let them know too, you know, this is something that our church has you know, you know, don't, don't put it all on yourself because obviously your church staff has come to the decisions that right. you have come to with these kinds of things. And to say, you right. know, that, that our committee or our church or our staff, you know, mm-hmm. believes our insurance company yeah. requests, you know, finding those ways to be able to let mm-hmm. them know that it's not just something that you've come up with off the top right. of your head. Right. 
but that it's been discussed and that we spent a lot of time to set up this mm -hmm. policy and we have really, you know, reviewed things. So to let them know that you've really taken that kind of time, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can understand that is I think really important. Absolutely. And, and, you know, whenever I approach these sort of difficult conversations, I want it to be like, I always want my demeanor and my approach to be like one that's very informative. Like I am informing you of something that's important. I don't ever want to, to portray things in a way of like, okay, I'm accusing you doing something right. or whatever, right. you know, like I am informing you of a concern that was brought to me. I am right. informing you of this policy and its importance. And so, you know, I always want my, my tone and my demeanor to be one uh, that's very informational and educational. Right. And, and, you know, I'm giving you this information for your benefit because, you know, it's important for you to understand this and to know this. Right. And one thing too, this isn't, at the start of conversations, but one thing too, whenever people bring concerns to me, um, just like what you're saying, how you would sometimes start a conversation. Thank you for feeling comfortable sharing this with me. I always right. include in there at some point, just like, Hey, you know, thank you for bringing this to me because if you have a concern, I can't know what it is unless you tell me I right. can't address it. I can't do anything unless mm -hmm. you tell me. So thank you right. for sharing this with me. So, yeah. well, and I think that what you were saying before is really important too, because it's, it's the idea of, of handling the information as facts and not emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, don't let yourself feel defensive. Don't let yourself mm -hmm. feel like you're being attacked, even though sometimes you might be honestly, but if you can, can make sure that you look at this as, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you all the factual information mm -hmm. that I have about mm -hmm. this. This is why we do this. I'm not going to take this personally mm -hmm. because nine times out of 10, it really isn't personal. Right. You know, they're not really out to get you. They're not out, you know, to cause you problems. Um, usually it's either just a very sensitive issue for them or it's something that they are very concerned about, but they, mm -hmm. they have somehow taken it on emotionally and taken mm -hmm. it personally. And so you just happen to be the person that they are taking it out on or that they're, <laughs> they're coming to yeah. to discuss. And yeah. so it's, it's really just kind of being able to disconnect yourself in a little way to be able mm -hmm. to just say, okay, let me look at this in a very logical, very, you know, factual kind of manner and try to keep the emotions out of it as much as possible so mm -hmm. that you can, you know, kind of help deescalate that person. Cause I think when we respond in that way, because if we do respond emotionally, if we do mm -hmm. respond, if we get angry or offended or upset, then that just fuels the fire. Mm -hmm. Typically it's not going to, it's not going to make the situation better. And so right. I think it's really, really important that we, that we do that. And whenever we are initiating conversations with people about things that need to change or whatever, um, just like what you're saying, focusing on facts, because, you know, we're not responsible for changing other people's feelings. Right. But we are responsible for ensuring that the policies are carried out for, right. you know, ensuring that that actionable things are happening that should be happening. So right. so feelings of other people are not our responsibility, right. but following policy, taking appropriate action that mm -hmm. is. And so that's one of the reasons why we focus on the facts of mm -hmm. here's here's what happened. Here's what needs to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Um because that is what we can change and what we can affect. So for sure.
And one of the things that I, I like to do too is to make sure that if if I'm going to be talking with a leader about something that has happened, I'd like it to be something that I can verify if possible. Um, like for example, if I have a leader that is is not appropriately welcoming the kids when they come to the classroom and another teacher or a parent or someone, you know, comes to me and says, I really don't like the way that this leader does A, B, or C. Instead of just immediately going to the leader to mm-hmm. talk to them about A, B, or C, mm-hmm. I try to make sure that I see it myself. Like I'm going right. to kind of hang out by that door right. for a couple of Sundays and listen Right. And, or I'm going to, you know, come into that classroom to get supplies or something to kind of see how they're leading the Bible study time, or I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, do those because I really, because what can tend to happen is a lot of times people will be upset about something and tell you about something and they have right. misseen something, or maybe right. it wasn't as bad as they've made it sound for one mm-hmm. reason or another. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening then is that you have a lot of, I never did that. And then, you know, right. you have to go back to the other person. They said they didn't do it. Well, I saw them do that, you know, like, right. but if you can verify it for yourself, right. and I know that there are some situations that you can't, it's not mm-hmm. possible, but if there's any way that you can take a little bit of time and maybe talk to somebody else that could have been present at the time or, mm-hmm. you know, see what you can observe yourself so that you have some firsthand knowledge so that you're not going to have to say, well, Virginia told me that mm-hmm. um, because you really don't want to throw other people under the bus, but you also right. don't want to cause any more conflict than you have to. But to be able right. to say, you know, I was standing by the door the other day and I happened to notice that you said this. And I was wondering if there is a way that I could help you find another way that we could, you know, welcome the kids to the classroom or, or whatever, or, or another way that you can tell this Bible story or another way, you know, and so that you kind of have that opportunity to really make sure that it's something that you are familiar with that you have seen Mm -hmm. happen yourself. Because people have different expectations and, you know, it could be a situation where a parent has an expectation, but it may not be your expectation or it may not be the norm, or it may not be, you know, how you actually want things to be followed, the procedures that you want to follow. And so, you know, just because someone has a complaint, you know, again, we want, we want them to feel heard, we want them to bring their concerns to us, but we may not always take the exact sort of action (laughs) that a parent or or whoever expects. So, you know, we will handle it in a way that is consistent with our policies and procedures and Mm -hmm. what we expect for our ministry. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that that kind of goes hand in hand too, that when you have somebody that's upset and that they're, you know, they're coming to you and they're telling you what they're upset about, for us to make sure that we are very careful in what we tell them is going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Because if sometimes out of a heat of a moment, we can make promises that we can't necessarily keep. Right. And so we want to make sure that if we are telling the parent or the leader or the volunteer or the staff member or whoever we're talking with, you mm-hmm. know, if they say, well, you know, this teacher did this and you're like, okay, well, I'm, they, they won't ever be teaching here again. And then you find <laughs> out, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they maybe didn't do exactly. What, exactly what they said. And yeah. so, you know, you don't want to get caught up in the heat of the moment. You know, you always want to let 
them know, okay, I, I, I understand what you say. I'm very concerned about what you've mentioned. Let me do some checking and we'll see what we need to do, you know, to take care of the situation and, you know, and not make any kinds of promises one way or the other, because again, you know, you kind of never know what the situation is really going to be once you get into that situation, but you mm -hmm. also just never quite know what your senior pastor may decide about what mm -hmm. you should do about a particular situation. You never know mm -hmm. that, you know, you might get into a situation where you say, well, oh, I promise that door will always be open from now on when, you know, you find out, oh, there's a reason why that door is not open for you anymore or something. So, you know, right. you can, you just want to make sure that you're really careful with those kinds of things. I think really the key to this too, is that you are able to explain your reasons behind whatever the conversation is about yeah. and that you make sure that you really explain well why something has to be done. Right. You know, if there is a church member who is upset about a locked door or a hallway change or having security or whatever thing that they might be frustrated with to really make sure that you explain why, why this policy is in place. You know, this, this is mm -hmm. the reason why. So you want to make sure that you have time to be able to really explain this is why we have this done. When you have a leader that you're working with that maybe is just not a good fit anymore in the ministry, in the children's ministry, if you can explain to them in, like I said, say as many positives as you can, but then explain, you know, this is, this is the issue that we're having right now where I just really think that, you know, maybe I, I you know, and another thing is that sometimes I would try to kind of take the hit. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to apologize because, you know, I really think that I placed you in the wrong location. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really mm -hmm. didn't, I really didn't take time to, to see my needs or I didn't take time to see, you know, where your best fit would be. And mm -hmm. I have learned that you were so great with the parents that I could really use you as a hall director mm -hmm. so much more than a classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe have already talked ahead of time with another pastor and said, you know what, they really, really need you in the adult ministry right now to be a greeter because you are so great at this. And so I think mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, you know, finding those ways that you can kind of soften that just mm -hmm. a little bit to help them to be able to have those conversations. And it's really kind of, you know, explaining why there are some hills you have to die on. You know, yeah. I think I've yeah. probably Amen. said that before. I say that a lot. Amen. Um, their safety and security, for example, yeah. I'm always going to take the hit for safety and security. You know, you can be as mad at me as you want for background checks, but background checks are going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to talk me out of that. Amen. Um, and so, you know, I, there are going to be hills that I'm going to die on. Um, you know, what kind of craft the kids do for vacation Bible school. You know, if it's, you know, that I might be able to be more flexible on, I might be able to, to do it. Although I did have a, a, a lady many years ago that got very mad at me because I wouldn't let her do a craft that was very inappropriate for kids. Um, but uh, and, and, and she was there, or she went to the pastor. It was a whole thing. So oh, things like gosh. that can happen. She just determined that we're going to cover an anatomically correct Adam and Eve with glitter. Yeah. See, it's just like, <laughs> so that hill I'm going to die on, you know. Um, so it's, you know, you, you, you kind of have, you do have to pick and choose your battles a lot of times and what you can change and what you can't change. But I think it's really important that we make sure that we explain, you know, why we're doing something and that we, mm -hmm. we, we, 
we really help that person try to understand. But I am going to say this. They're not always going to understand. No. Um, no. And that's why I said there's, there's those hills that you do have to die on where, Amen. you know, you, there are things that, that they are never going to be happy with, no matter how you explain it. And you have to be okay with that. And there is that point in the conversation where you have to say, I am so sorry, but this is just a policy that we have, you know, chosen to chosen to do. And, and if you, you know, with, if you'd like to speak with the pastor, you know, I'm sure you can make an appointment, you know, those kind of things you, you have to have those conversations, but. Yeah. Well, and too, like thinking about, you know, giving you reasons, like I think to a time where it was um, the end of the night after a special event on a Sunday night and my brain was like, mush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, and I had someone come to me with a concern, you know, in that moment, in that, you know, end of the service, end of the night, my brain is mush. My like words that came out were mush. <laughs> So I did have to go back and kind of be like, okay, that I did not give a good explanation at all in the moment. Let me be a little clearer, you know, the next day. So, so yes, we want to communicate our expectations very clearly and communicate our reasonings very clearly. And sometimes that means going up, like following up on things that we didn't say very well the first time around. Right. And that's okay too, because you know, cause I, and I was frustrated with myself afterwards. I was like, man, like, you know, the reasons like why, like you have the explanations for mm-hmm. all this, you know? And so I was frustrated with myself, but also to be like, okay, like I'm human too. And like, yeah. you know, if I have to go back and repeat and explain and elaborate, that's just part of it. So, it is. but yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd much rather be clear right. than to, you know, leave my mush words. <laughs> Well, last thing I, I explained. That is why it is so great when we can have the opportunity to say, can we talk about this tomorrow? Like, can I yes. give you a call tomorrow? Can can you come by tomorrow? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing that gives you that time because it's true sometimes and we are going to misspeak. And sometimes we yes. do just have to go with our hat in our hand and say, I am so sorry. I, I was having a rough day or I misunderstood you or, you know, whatever the reason might be that we might not have said something completely correctly and you know that that we have to come back and say you know I, I I if you don't mind and I and I think that that's just being human and that's part of mm-hmm. it and sometimes it does take more than one conversation because we do have days that it's just you know you know when you've had when you've got the fifth person coming to you to complain about a locked door sometimes <laughs> your brain just goes nope we're done. <laughs> you, you just got like the little spinning okay. loading wheel yes, in your you brain. Do. It's like, it's like, okay. this, is like uh, this isn't going to happen today. And I just can't do it. Oh, yeah. um, I think another way that's really good for you to kind of close up these conversations is with prayer. If yeah. you can, if you, and I, I'm a, big pray at the beginning of the meeting and pray at the end of the meeting. That's what I was about to say. That can diffuse a lot of tension if you open in prayer. Good long prayer. prayer. (laughs) Not an imprecatory prayer. prayer. No, just give us wisdom. (laughs) Give us the words to say. Calm our hearts. You know, having those moments where you just ask God to please be present in the conversation, you know, so it's good. But I think ending it with prayer is the same, especially Mm -hmm. if it is conflict that's still continuing or a situation that you're going to have to follow up on. You know, take a moment to ask the person if there's something specifically that you can pray for them about. Uh, Ultimately, we are ministering to our church family in our Mm -hmm. positions, whether you're a volunteer or whether you're a paid staff. 
we are ministering to people. There is somebody that I enjoy following. His, his name is Carlos Whitaker on Instagram. And one of the things that he is constantly talking about is how we should not stand on issues, but walk with people. And mm. I love just the thought of the fact that we need to remember that usually when somebody is frustrated, there is another thing that they're frustrated about than what they're talking to you about. And so if we can just have that mindset of wanting to minister to the people that we spend our time with, that we see each Sunday that we're working with, that we're talking with, and we just take a moment to say, is there something that I can pray for you about, you know, and, and, and just take that time to pray with them while you're spending time talking about the situation, we get so caught up in administrative issues Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. and, oh, I've got to have this done, or I want this conversation to be done, or I want to, yeah. you know, I've got this next thing that I've got to get to, but I think that it's important that we are taking time to really see the person mm-hmm. yeah. and to really try to meet them where they are. And I think that that needs to be the priority. Yeah. And then you've already mentioned this, but I think it's really important to mention again is that follow up is key. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And I know that sometimes we don't ever want to talk to this person again. We don't ever want to, <laughs> to think about this situation ever again. Don't want to talk about the door ever again. I don't want to even have to think about this again. But um, it's just like you said earlier, it's really great to have documentation of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it gives you that yeah. opportunity so that if, if it ever does, like, for example, if that person does go back to the pastor and says, mm-hmm. well, you know, the children's minister never met with me and you can go back and say, well, I sent you this email the day after we met and it's got the date on it. And, you know, you, you have that opportunity to be able to let your, your staff know, now this has been discussed before and these are the things right. that you discussed and, you know, and to, and like you said, to kind of say, okay, we talked about A, B and C and I really appreciate your time. And if there's any more I can do. You know, also one of the things that's really important when you are doing follow up, especially if you're dealing with a situation with a teacher, a parent, a discipline issue with a child, you know, you, you may have to let the person know that they won't know what happens next. Yes. Right, right, right. Because in not all situations, but in some situations, you want to, you have to to maintain confidentiality and you can't really go into detail if that person's mm-hmm. not involved. And sometimes even if that person is involved, there are mm-hmm. things that you can't, you know, right. continue, you know, if it's a health issue, if it's a discipline issue, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. just have to sort of end with asking the person, you know, that you just have to trust me that I will take care right. of this. And if you have right. any other issues or if you see another problem, right. um, if it's something that you have to report to DHS, if it's something, you know, those there's, there's all sorts of right. little intricate and we, we haven't gone into specifics about a lot of the conversations, so we can't explain every detail, but the idea is that there may be something that you have mm-hmm. to tell the person, I'm sorry, I can't let you know what DHS says after mm-hmm. I report it, or I can't right. tell you, you know, what, what particularly happened with this particular child that right. has a health right. issue or, you know, those kinds of things you, you might have to say, I can't follow up with you mm-hmm. about that, but you can mm-hmm. follow up with them about the conversation that you had. And just to assure them that you took it very seriously and you appreciated their right. time and that, you know, that you're right. going to follow through on the things that you told them that you appropriate would. Appropriate action has been taken. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. And, and that's just, sometimes that's, that's all that you can do for certain mm-hmm. situations. And so that's, that's, you know, the best that you've got. So, well, Dr. Virginia, this has been a fun conversation as hard as this conversation is. It's, it's nice to be able to just sort of 
walk through and talk right. through these kinds of things that happen because I don't care how long you're in ministry. If you've only been a children's minister for three months, or if you've been one for 30 years, you are very familiar with having to have these conversations. And so hopefully we have encouraged you to let you know that you're not alone, but hopefully we've given you some things that actionable things that you can do that, that will help you maybe with the next conversation that you have. We just appreciate so much that you spend time with us, that you take time out of your day to join us in these conversations. It is our heart's desire that we meet you where you are and that we can help you serve your families and your children in your ministries. Please let us know if there's a topic you would like us to discuss. Please let us know if you have questions, if there's ever anything that we can do. Um, Like I said, our heart is to serve you. And we just thank you for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.